the Higgledy Piggledy History Hodgepodge with Alex Diamond and Dave Crowley. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Higgledy Piggledy History Hodgepodge, where every episode we look back in time to events of our past and answer the big questions, diligently attempting not to slander entire nations along the way. I'm Dave Crowley, very amateur history buff and fortunate to have with me as ever history scholar, Blackadder worshipper and enthusiastic consumer of Italian cheese, Alex Diamond. (laughs) Hello there, Dave. Thank you. (laughs) Quite like that one. Better than the last one. (laughs) And today we're taking a look at the enduring mystery that is the death of William II or William Rufus as he is perhaps more commonly known. And so this episode's big question, the death of William Rufus tragic accident or justifiable removal of a flaming Frenchie. Mm. So, Darth, it's fair to say that even at this remove, Rufus, not the most popular of England's rulers. I think that is fair to say, yeah, even at this remove. Um, he suffers a little bit, really. I, I mean, my own view is that he's a, he's a much maligned king and probably wasn't as bad as we hear. Uh, but yes, his reputation isn't great. Uh, he sits between William the Conqueror, his father, who of course is great because he conquered England in 1066, and uh, his younger brother, Henry I, who had uh, a very long reign and was known as uh, Beauclerk or you know, good counsel. He, he was known as, as a wise and, and clever and good king. Whereas Rufus, um, there are all sorts of things wrong with Rufus, really, as far as the near-contemporary writers are concerned. Uh, he, he doesn't like the church very much, and he likes to take the church's property. Um, so it wasn't all bad then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he, I mean, yes, basically, he was, uh, he was also quite um, flamboyant and fashionable, and this apparently perturbed the church writers of the time, even to the extent that they uh, were accusing him of of homosexuality effectively, although of course they didn't characterise it in those terms back then. He, they basically called him a, a sodomite. Uh, he didn't have children, he never married, uh, no known mistresses, no known bastards or anything like that. And, and you know, that is something um, for sure. But we we can't necessarily jump to the conclusion that he was gay. Of course, that may have been a possibility, but um, he was certainly chastised for his antics. But it's possible that it could have just been a slur brought on him because of his conflict with the church and with the religious people being the chroniclers of much of, uh, of what he's yeah, on. Absolutely. I, I think we can say certainly the church didn't like him for perceived transgressions against them, the independence of the clergy. Um, and secondly, he, um, he did seem to be quite fashionable, whereas his father was very austere and conservative. You know, uh, we hear accounts of Rufus having quite long hair with a nice centre parting. That apparently means you're gay, uh, I guess, in, in in the late 11th century. I, I, I'm glad you put the uh, the <laughs> the time period uh, caveat on that, because uh, I, w- I was questioning myself for just one minute then. Yeah, no, and he also had very fashionable shoes. They, they pointed out that he wore, you know, but basically he might have been a bit of a dandy, uh, if you like, uh, an 11th, a late 11th century dandy. Um, but I think it is important to say that he didn't have any known favourites who, you know, do you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, in the in the later early modern period and the later Middle Ages, you do have kings who, or, or, 
who who you know about whom we can be pretty sure that they did probably have affairs with um them with other men um but i don't think we can say that about ruthus as a ruler how long was he actually on the throne for he ruled for 13 years okay. uh, so his father dies william the conqueror dies in 1087 and uh, uh rufus basically in the inheritance gets the kingdom of england whereas the oldest son of william the conqueror robert curtos uh, gets normandy so robert becomes the duke of normandy and and william rufus who is the second surviving son um in 1087 gets the kingdom of england now his 13 year reign came to an abrupt end which is uh, really what we we're here to talk about indeed, today indeed, with yes. um an accident supposedly a hunting accident in the new mm-hmm. forest but this wasn't without precedent uh, absolutely not yeah hunting uh, all all the lords and kings dukes whatever even bishops they they love to go hunting um and it's uh, it's a high octane sport for the for the eleventh century. I think that's fair to say, and quite dangerous. And you do hear about lots of hunting accidents and and indeed deaths. So William Rufus dies hunting in the New Forest on the on the second of August, uh, eleven hundred. And he'd actually lost uh, close family members in that very same forest, literally a few months before. In in May, uh, eleven hundred, his nephew, that's Robert Curto's son called Richard, he died also hunting in the New Forest, and uh, several years before that, uh, William the Conqueror's second son, who's also called Richard, it gets very confusing. It's bloody confusing. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. <laughs> so in in around ten seventy, you know, sort of four or five years after the Norman conquest, the conqueror's second son called Richard also dies in a hunting accident in the new forest. And that's, that that's in Hampshire for those who may not know where the new forest is uh, in, in Southern England. Richard was the one who rode into a tree. Is that? Yeah, that's right. So, so older Richard, if you like, so uh, William Rufus's older brother, uh, the, the, the 12th century accounts, you know, so not, not contemporary, but near contemporary hmm. say that he was chasing after a, a wild beast and he seemingly rode into a, an overhanging tree branch, which was seemingly uh, caused by some sort of disorientation from a poisonous smell. Right. Right. So was it that his horse did a you know disgustingly foul sm- <laughs> fart or was who knows what happened but they that they actually mentioned some sort of poisonous gas and poisonous smell uh which which may even have been misty um, <laughs> okay. and this, and th- whatever this horrible abomination was seems to have caused uh richard uh, or, or indeed, his horse to go absolutely do lally and 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 clearly bolted, and, and he was crushed in between the tree and and the pommel of his saddle. Well, if if the if the horse went do lally, then we can probably rule out the horse farting. I can't <laughs> imagine a horse would be spooked by its own self-generated uh, fragrance. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we all love the smell of our own brand, don't we? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to go there. Surprised you did, but hey, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I can't help but just think about the whole episode and just uh, think that it's YouTube gold, and yes. just, it would have been uh, almost as popular as Charlie bit my finger. I think that's probably true, and and if only we'd had you know some sort of home videos of the eleventh century, I think that would have been sent in by the Norman House. Sadly, of course, he dies as a result of this. Um, yeah, well, yeah. It's, apart it's not apart from that minor down down it's, point, uh, it's all fun and games <laughs> until you're crushed against a tree by your horse. Yes. <laughs> so the, the the accident itself, then the the death of Rufus. Yes. Okay. The yeah, death of Rufus. So yeah, you've described it as an accident. And that's my own view, I suppose. I, th- I think we can say it was an accident. People disagree about this, but I suppose we, we should start with the sort of bare bones. What can we definitely say happened? And I think we, with certainty, we can say that Rufus and his companions went hunting uh, on, on the 2nd of August, 1100, in the New Forest. And he was shot with an arrow almost certainly by one of his own, uh, you know, companions, one of the knights who was with him. And who was with him at this uh, in this hunting party? So uh, there were quite a few people with him uh, that we can say, I think, for certain. Um, we've got a chap called Walter Tyrrell, who is possibly the knight who actually shot Rufus. We can't say for, for sure, but he is mentioned by some of the near contemporary sources. So uh, Walter Tyrrell is um, a French lord, the Lord of um, Poix, who is basically a companion of, of of William Rufus. He's a friend and he's actually, ironically enough, he was known as quite a good shot. He was a crack shot <laughs> archer. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm still trying to think of a petty Poix joke, but carry on. <laughs> okay, right. So, so, so Walter's there you know, sort of a, a minor French lord at the English court. We've also got um, Rufus's younger brother, Henry, and uh, a couple of the, 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 you know, a couple members of the Anglo-Norman aristocracy, Earl, um, Earl Henry of Warwick and Count Robert of Moulin. Uh, those two are both brothers. Um Robert Fitzhaman, you know, lots of names essentially that that will be known to medieval historians, but not really that important when we're trying to, to discover this. The, the the most important names really for us that are there, uh, one is Walter Tyrrell, who is possibly the guy who shot the arrow, and of course, um, for reasons that we'll come to, Henry's uh, Rufus's younger brother Henry. What was Rufus's relationship with Henry like? I honestly think it was not too bad. You know, they had their ups and downs like any siblings, right? Um, but at, at the time of his death, certainly their their relationship uh, was pretty good. I mean, Hen- Henry was going hunting with him, right? Uh, this is something that you do with friends and companions. This is this is the the main pastime of 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 the aristocracy in the eleventh century Western Europe. So. Uh, I think we can say that they were on fairly good terms at this point. Um, we have we have uh, a record, I believe, of uh, an incident involving the two younger brothers. 
Yeah, well, this is one of my favourite things about Rufus, and, and I think one of the reasons why we shouldn't forget that he did have a great sense of humour, unlike his father. Um, so there's there's the case. It, it, it's around 1078, right? 1078, so the Conqueror's, you know, being king. He's doing great. Uh, he and uh, the three sons are in Normandy. So we've got the the oldest surviving son now. Uh, so Robert Curtos, who's 25. Rufus, who's probably about 18. And Henry, who's only about 10. And they're all hanging out in Normandy. And the two younger ones, Rufus and Henry, go upstairs uh, to an upstairs balcony and they're, and they're playing dice, basically. And they look down and there's Robert with all of his men. You know, Robert's like the serious older brother at this point. He's, he's the adult and he's got, he's got a large following because he, mm. he is ostensibly the, the Duke of Normandy. His father has basically granted him that title. Mm. And they think it's very funny to uh, basically tip a chamber pot full of piss over his head, um, <laughs> over the balcony, on, onto Robert in front of all his mates. Uh, Robert didn't share this view that this was amusing then. No, probably not, because uh, I think a brawl ensued actually, and 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 William the Conqueror had to come in and break it up and force them to make friends, which I think is brilliant. Imagine you know William the Conqueror coming in to say, "All right, all right, boys, well, who started it?" You know. Uh, but yeah, they you know Henry and Rufus think yeah this is great. Let, let, let's pour a chamber pot over his head. If you don't shake hands, I'm changing the Wi-Fi password, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no hunting for three months. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Robert gets very annoyed at this, but it's a great it's a great moment of bonding for for Rufus and Henry. And and I think I think it is fair to say that especially after the Conqueror dies, the the three brothers are sort of in perpetual competition for the inheritance, mm. right? And there are times when Rufus fights with Robert quite seriously, in fact. But then there are other times when Robert and Rufus get on well together and they, and they gang up on the younger one, Henry, who is without land, actually, after their father dies, because he's the mm. third son. He, he gets a wad of cash, but he doesn't get any land. Although Rufus and Robert, during a period of peace, uh, led uh, a siege on Mont Saint-Michel. Yeah, well, that's right. So the this is one of the instances where they did actually gang up against Henry. So in, in 1088... Um, Rufus and Robert basically fought a, a civil war against each other for the English throne and Rufus wins and Robert says, okay, okay, fine. You can keep England. I can keep Normandy. Let's gang up together on our younger brother, Henry, uh, who at this point is sort of controlling Western Normandy. And they, uh, both Rufus and Robert besiege Mont Saint-Michel, which is a beautiful uh, monastery atop of a, a huge mound. It's really great. I think it was the inspiration for Minas Tirith in Lord of the Rings, actually. Yeah, I've been there. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. Um, so Henry's, you know, there in this nice fortified location, and Rufus and Robert are besieging uh, the mount. And there's this brilliant story where Rufus sees uh, a few errant knights, a few errant knights of Henry, that is, you know, so enemy knights in this instance, uh, riding out, you know, beyond beyond the perimeter. And he says, right, here we go. I'll have them. So he gets a horse and he charges them by himself, basically, thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll have them. Anyway, uh, a slight bout of overconfidence, perhaps. And, and, and these knights get the better of him. And he's unhorsed and he's on the ground. And one of the knights is basically about to lay into him. And I mean, properly lay into him, like sword coming down on your head, sort of lay into you. 
And at this point, Rufus thinks, oh shit, you know, this hasn't gone well and, and takes off his helmet and says, stop, stop, you fool. I'm the King of England. And uh, at this point, seemingly the knight says, oh, and, and they stop and they, and they put him back on his horse. You know, oh, so sorry. So sorry. So sorry. And, and, and Rufus basically says, you know, once he dusted himself off and got back, got back a bit of his dignity, he says, who was that? Who, who, and who unhorsed me? And the responsible one says, oh, well, well, it was me, Gov, but, you know, I didn't know you were the king. I just thought you were a knight. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if this is a technique that could be employed when attacked by a drunk lurching out of the kebab house at three o'clock in the morning. Stop, stop, you fool. I was the king of England. Uh, You know, it might work, actually, yeah. Yeah, possibly. It might work. Possibly but, not. But. Possibly not. No, I think I think you may have trouble there. But it yeah. seemingly worked for Rufus in this case. Uh, otherwise, he might have ended up with a nasty case of, you know, head off shoulders or skull caved in. He does. He he he, he does actually sound all right, doesn't he? From the you know the, the the bit we know about him, he doesn't sound that bad. I mean, he he pissed off the church, which is definitely positive. He yes. was, uh, he was, you know, evidently had some sort of strange fashion sense. So, you know, that's think, another positive. I think, I think, in a in a way, he's sort of like a lads lad. You know what I mean? He he, yeah. he wasn't. He clearly wasn't a womanizer. You know, his, his younger brother Henry had about twenty five known bastards. Um, <sighs> so there's your womanizer of the Norman house. Um, Rufus definitely wasn't that. I think he was a lads lad. He likes to hang. He likes to, you know, he likes to do a bit of fighting. He likes to go hunting. He wasn't a bad king. He had a good sense of humour. Um, you know, probably had a bit of a temper, as most kings might have done yeah. in this time. But yeah, certainly his conflict with the church, I think uh, a lot of the negative press stems from that. Uh, so yeah. re- returning to the accident itself, but following on from what we were just saying, uh, it, it is it is viewed as a, a hunting accident, but obviously there is a degree of suspicion around uh, whether or not Henry was involved, and uh, Henry's actions immediately post the event don't exactly um, paint him as particularly innocent. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I suppose it doesn't look good, um, because as soon so as soon as Rufus is dead, essentially, uh, Henry, who is as I've said uh, in in the hunting party along along with him, dashes off straight away to nearby Winchester, which is where the royal treasury is, and basically says, hand over the keys. You know, the king is dead, um, and it and it's my turn now. And, uh, you know, within 10 days of Rufus's death, Henry is crowned quite hastily um, as, the, as the new king of England. So, yes, it doesn't look good. On, but it's, all, it's also fair to say that... that... Henry's uh, um, actions in, in acting quickly were to prevent other parties from claiming the crown. Is that yeah, correct? I think that is absolutely correct. Yes, and 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 so his his actions do not, to me, speak of any sort of premeditated assassination plot. That they speak of the political realities of the time. Here we have a, a, a king who is in rude health. He's he's probably about forty years old, not much older. And he's suddenly been killed, so chaos naturally will ensue unless someone else fills that power vacuum. And Henry is indeed in the the right place at the right time in this occasion, and so he rushes off to get himself crowned. He's lucky because his older brother Robert Curto, Robert Curtos, who 
would also probably like to be king of England, now that Rufus is dead, is still on his way back from the First Crusade. So was there any sort of charges brought against uh, William Tyrrell or anybody else over the uh, the accident? Um, no, basically there, 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 there were not any charges brought against uh, Walter Tyrrell. Sorry, Walter Tyrrell. Yes, uh, so he he does flee, which again doesn't look good. No, <laughs> but then you also think, well, what would you do? Do you know what I mean? If you're if, if you're you a minor lord yeah. and you've yeah. been out hunting with Rufus and and you accidentally kill him, as as all of the contemporary sources and near contemporary sources say, I, I should say, you know, that, that no no source from even the twelfth century says that 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 this was you know, um, a hit. They all say that it was an accident, as was common, as, as was very common at the time. So um, those that name Walter as the guilty party say that he he fled immediately to France, uh, which, as I said, I think is pretty understandable because there would be possible feuding, um, uh, you know, like revenge attacks. But whether it was an accident or not, people would still come after him. And it's probably better to, you know, GTFO than hang around and try to explain to people, oh, well, what actually happened was, you know, they take your head there and then you, you, you've killed a king, essentially, um, wh- whether you did it on purpose or not. It's really not good news for you. Now, there have also been suggestions. Um, I don't know how contemporary these are, but certainly further down the line that it was a French plot. Yep. So that's one of uh, the modern uh, ideas, sort of modern hi- hypotheses regarding uh, Rufus's death. The, so the French plot largely comes from a historian called Emma Mason, and she she puts forward the theory that William Rufus was basically planning a big invasion of France, and that Prince Louis, the the, the future King Louis the Sixth of France, basically has him assassinated. And uh, knowing that he would be replaced by his younger brother Henry, who was basically seen to be a weaker king and 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 certainly not as aggressive, and so Mason pins the blame on a, on a different chap, so not um, Walter Tyrrell, but someone who was in his household, like one of his squires or one of his knights, a chap called mm. Ralph, and she says that he um, purposefully shot Rufus. You know, sort of on the orders of of Walter or or, or 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 the the French Prince Louis, in order to basically stop Rufus invading France. I much prefer it when you say Prince Louis rather than King Louis, because when you say King Louis, all I've got in my head is the Jungle Book. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. be <honest. laughs> An image of an orangutan saying, "I want to be French like you." <laughs> referring to Rufus as the man cub. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man cub. Yeah, so but, th- so that's that, that's the sort of French led, you know, big big plot which again uh, I think I think there's absolutely n- no basis for um in in the evidence really. And there's also suggestions that Rufus was affiliated with witchcraft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this might be my personal favorite one. Um so the idea behind this one, let me try and work this out. I, I wouldn't want to misrepresent this, you know, serious historical uh, theory. You don't want to upset the pagans. You don't want them coming after you. No. So I believe it comes from a a lady called uh, Margaret Murray, who was a, a, an Egyptologist 
by trade and and, and I suppose um, an an anthropologist anthropologist. Yeah, let me say that again. Yeah, she she. So Margaret Murray was an Egyptologist and an anthropologist writing in the early twentieth century. Don't worry, we'll get that out of the edit. Yes, good. <laughs> um, and she basically says. Her big thesis, really, she was she was into witchcraft in uh, uh, later on in her career, and her big thesis is that the the witch craze and the witch trials of the early modern period were an attempt to suppress a very real pagan religious group that had existed all throughout the Middle Ages quietly under the surface of Christianity, and the right. and that so. So she says that Rufus was one of these, um, you know, ostensibly Christian, but actually uh, a pagan who who he uh, and um, uh, among others worshipped a sort of horned fertility god. Uh, yeah, are, are you with me? She's getting better by the minute. This, this, so, is a, this is in no way a pile of old bollocks at all, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Beware, here, here be dragons and, and indeed horned fertility gods. So the idea is that Rufus, um, and I think Murray basically says, well, you know, the Normans were all pagans originally, right? So obviously they were still pagans, you know, 200 years later. Uh, so she says that Rufus is the king was actually a god, you know, this group of pagan uh, fertility god worshippers saw Rufus as the king, as an embodiment of their god, uh, as this fertility god, and that in order for life to continue and everything to be good, he has to sacrifice himself to the cause, which he obviously does because he's a big believer in all this stuff as well. Um, Why wouldn't you? Well, quite. I mean... I don't know how they get that he's a fertility god. As I said, his younger brother was the fertility god. He had 25 yeah, bastards. The, twen- the father of the 25 bastards yeah. sounds the more likely candidate for this. Yeah. But, you know, oh, Eric, Eric, we shot the wrong fertility god. <laughs> oh, it was his brother. Oh, well, we'll get him next time. And but, just like that, all of a sudden, Emma Mason's suggestion that it was some <laughs> French superplot seems all the more plausible. Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, it's all relative, I suppose. Um, but, you know, it, it, it does make for a good story because the Conqueror loses two sons and a grandson in the New Forest. I mean, that is, that yeah. is you know, that is for, for certain. It, uh, if, if you're going to take part in the... Uh the uh, medieval equivalent of 1960s Formula One, <laughs> yeah. you, can, you, can, you can expect things to go awry. I think that's a pretty good analogy, actually. Yeah, these guys, you know, they're, they're quite aristocratic, probably devil-may-care approach, um, and possibly drunk as well. There's, I mean, Frank, Frank Barlow, who, who says it was an accident, he's a great historian, um, he says that um, Rufus and his hunting party go out hunting quite late, which was unusual. Normally, you go out at dawn, yeah. but on this particular occasion, Rufus was delayed, um, possibly through sort of omens and portents that were delivered to him by monks saying, "Don't go out hunting because you know God's going to f you up for f-ing up his church um, if you do." Which Rufus <laughs> apparently laughs off as you know, "Oh, monks at it again," you know. Um, <laughs> So, uh, 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 however, he was delayed, but but Barlow suggests the possibility that he had been on the piss the night before or even at breakfast and and was therefore a bit too, you know, delicate and shaky to go out as early as he might have done. Now, I I know uh, our listener is going to find this hard to believe that we do do this from notes and we do some preparation beforehand rather than just (laughs) 
opening the wine and talking absolute bollocks. But the, obviously, the, the final question for you that I've got on my my sheet here is, uh, what do you think is the truth? Now, obviously, you've made it quite clear that it's the the occult answer that uh, it was witchcraft and the horde god. So yes, I don't, absolutely. I don't really feel the need to to, uh, to ask it anymore. Speaking as a wicker man. Uh, myself, <laughs> I am totally in favour of the witchcraft theory. Um, it makes perfect sense to me. And uh, yes, I, I think we can leave it there. Okay, so in conclusion, I think that the uh, the most simple explanation is probably the right one. In that this was an accident. It was a, it was a mis-aimed arrow, possibly fired by Walter Tyrrell, who did it by accident. This was obviously at the time characterised as, you know, divine providence. It was the avenging hand of God acting through Walter. Um, but I don't think there's any serious evidence that this was actually, you know, that that, that Walter Tyrrell was acting um, as an agent of of someone else, whether that be Henry or or indeed the French. Um, and so, on that basis, I think we should conclude. Uh, admittedly, this is not that exciting that it was just another death in the new forest that was an accident. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we would love to get your feedback. If you want to say nice things or just point out all our errors, then please do get in touch. We are at HP History Pod on Twitter and Facebook or you can email hphistorypod at mail.com. Thanks for listening.